Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. They keep talking cricket now, and uh, the, um, the Australian Test team has wrapped up uh, the series against uh, against uh, South Africa last night. That third Test ending in a draw, um, Australia end up winning the series two 0 and end their summer on a massive high. Joining us now to talk about it all is uh, former Australian bowler, former Australian coach, and Pakistan coach Jeff Lawson. Welcome in, Jeff. Thanks, thanks, Sam. Oh, I guess it's afternoon over, over there, so good afternoon to you and your listeners. Yeah, just ticked over afternoon. Am I right? Am I okay to, to call you a renowned writer now as well? Oh, I think that might be gilding the lily <laughs> a tad, Sam, but, you know, the more people are right, read my column, maybe the uh, I might get a pay rise, so you go right ahead. <laughs> Brilliant. So I do recommend people go read it. I've really, uh, I really have enjoyed uh, what you've been writing, and uh, there's a few things I, I did want to um, talk to you about specifically. But firstly, uh, let's talk about the uh, the end of the uh, South African tour, which did wrap up last night. A draw in the third test. I, I reckon South Africa were pretty much saved by the weather. Um, it ended very uh, a very dominant last month for Australia, who I think sort of continue to show us why they're the number one uh, team in the world. Um, but South Africa, I think everyone maybe a little bit surprised at just how disappointing they were. They failed to score more than 255 runs in any of the six in- innings across the three tests, averaging just 167 per innings. So how do you assess their tour and how they've gone over the past month? Yeah, well, I mean, you've just given the, the stats behind the performances and, yeah, they were disappointing. I mean, let's, let's go back to Brisbane. I mean, that was over in two days, so nobody got too many runs up there. I mean, it was that was an exciting test match. I mean, I must must admit, as a former bowler, I don't mind seeing the bowls get a bit. But, but two two days was uh, that that was South Africa's biggest chance to win. If they had have got an extra maybe sixty or seventy runs, they may have won that because the bowling was their strength, and that, they did have a chance on that that Gabba wicket, which did plenty. But when it got down to you know, let's say uh, some solid test cricket on on good batting wickets, which Melbourne and Sydney were early. Um, they just weren't up to it. And, and their, their bowling, which, which should have continued to be strong, uh, Nortia, Rabada, Ngidi, you know, these, these guys, you know, they're, they're generally pretty classy bowlers, but they, they seem to lose interest after after Brisbane. And, uh, I mean, Australia batted very well. Obviously, David Warner had a point to prove down in Melbourne, perhaps on the cusp of getting dropped, playing his 100th test and getting, getting 200. So, Australia... Uh, well, they they made an extra effort to make sure they played well, and South Africa seemed to fall away pretty quickly. So yeah, like pretty disappointing from South Africa, given that we, we expected a, a toughish Test series mm. after the West Indies, who were also pretty poor. Yeah, uh, you know, Australia beat them two nil fairly easily, uh, but uh, expecting a bit more resistance from South Africa, which really didn't arrive till uh, till yesterday afternoon when 
when Maharaj and, and Harmer, you know, batted out and had a long partnership and, and basically saved the game for them. Yeah, I, I find it really hard in cricket to sometimes work out how good a team really is when you're not sure whether the opposition is, is a sort of a good enough barometer. This Australian team, which, you know, f- especially from a Kiwi sp- perspective, is is formidable, you know, and, and one of the best in the world, destroyed both both the Windies and, and South Africa. Is that, a, I guess, a sign of how good they are or perhaps how poor that opposition was they were playing? Well, the, the saying is, sport, you only, only beat who's put in front of you, so it doesn't really matter. You've, you've got to beat them, and they, they did what they had to do. But when you look at the you know, bowling attacks as strong as possible, they, they even left, you know, Scott Boland's the new folk hero of Australian cricket. He couldn't get a game in, in Sydney. Mind you, they only played two seamers, which seemed a little bizarre. Uh, but there's, there's good backup strength that, the, you know, to come and Stark was, was injured for this test match, and, and Hazelwood. Um, so you've got good... Really good quality strength in your, your fast bowling. Um, you know, Nathan Lyons, what's he got, 450 test wickets uh, as their spinner. There's a there's a fight now to find out who the second spinner is as Australia head off to, to India, and that will be a real test. Sam will find out, I think, just how good the Australian side is mm. if they, they can win away from home in India, and it's pretty tough winning in, in India uh, recently. Um, so that will be the examination, and the, the batting's... You know, pretty strong. Just about everyone's in form. You know, Smith's factors and some really good form. Labor Skuckney's, you know, number one ranked test bat in the world. Uh, Carey got 100 as the keeper, batting seven in Melbourne. So, yeah, it's got most bases covered. Perhaps apart from that second spinner. Uh, that, that's where they've got a bit of a debate. And they'll certainly need at least two in uh, in in India. So, yeah, they they are a very good side. And yeah, it is hard to measure just what you can do. It's a bit like you know, New Zealand doing really well in Pakistan. I mean, I watched a lot of that series, and, and New Zealand played some terrific cricket. And that that, that second test in Karachi was was uh, a fascinating game on a, on a pretty low, not spinning much wicket, and, mm. and New Zealand really got to win there. So that's a great performance by them, you know, in foreign conditions. So, you know, you can rate that performance as, as highly. Um, if Australia played New Zealand in, you know, in Australia somewhere, I reckon we'd have a pretty good test match. Yeah, well, we'd love to see that as well. I was going to ask you if you thought there were any sort of, I guess, cracks in this Australian team. India, very, very tough. And then, of course, the Ashes is probably the next big one in the middle of the year and, and going up against uh, our very own Brendan McCullum in a, in a resurgent England side. Is there anything apart from that second spinner, just any cracks in that Australian game that, that an India or an England might be able to exploit, you think? Oh, well, there. Are, I mean, Dave Warner actually had such a poor time against Stuart Broad in England, so that'll be an examination. <laughs> uh, you know, we, well, I think now Warner's going to be around for those two series. There were, the questions were asked whether we should bring in a new a new player for him. I mean, he's thirty six and a half, I think. So he's you know he's getting on. If you lose form at that age, you, you tend to get moved on. But he he got got the double hundred. Uh, mind you, he got, failed again in Sydney, playing a, a pretty poor shot, but. Um, so that'll be examination of Warner in England. He's played a lot of IPL cricket. He might be used to a few slower wickets in India. Um, yeah, look, it, it's it's hard to say. I so say Level Scully and Smith, that you know, three and four when they're they're powerful players. Travis Head has been in super form. Yeah. He's probably the the, the best best uh, performed Australian batsman. And then you got Cameron Green, who's out at the moment with a broken finger, but. Here's a guy bowls 140 k's and and bats brilliantly and and he's he's also the best gully fieldsman I've seen since Joel Garner. So 
Um, and he obviously didn't play the Sydney Test with a broken finger. So with, when he plays at number six, they've got that genuine next scene bowling option. Uh, and not many teams have a genuine all-rounder there. So there. Yeah, not not too many uh, too many cracks there, Sam. It's looking pretty. It's looking pretty positive. Maybe I don't want to play you over an Aussie uh, in a test. I think we'll I think we'll wait we'll wait till some cracks appear. What what did you make of um of the decision to to declare with uh, Kawaja on 195? A lot of people you know felt that an extra over or two wouldn't have made a massive difference to Australia's chances. Yet would have been enough for him to get over that 200. Do you, do you think it was the right call? Yeah, look, I do, and uh, I was out. out. The edge of the game. There were a few ex-players all debating that as we were waiting for the rain to stop on the third day. And and once it once it rained early in the third day, and then it got on after lunch. Um, but he was never going to get a, a chance to get the two hundred because Australia would go try to win the game. If Australia won that Test match, they would have had enough points to qualify for the World Test Championship already. Mm. So they, they they had plenty to play for. And you know, man, Pat Cummins is a, is a quite an empathetic captain for a fast bowler, but. Uh, the team winning was, was going to be much more important than, you know, a batsman getting a milestone. And, you know, Usman's batted brilliantly. And I saw Usman's comments on it. He said, yeah, that's all fine with me. It's team first, player second. So uh, all very good. Um, and it's just a some dodgy Sydney weather has, has probably cost him a 200 there. Now, as I speak to you today, it's cloudless, 29 <laughs> degrees, and it feels like summer. So it's only rain during the test match. Yep. That seems to be the way it's been with that with cricket over here as well over the last month or so. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I've really been enjoying uh, your writing in, in the Sydney Morning Herald. I'd, I'd encourage people to, to go and have a look at, at some of your articles. Your most recent piece about um, the, the, the sort of demise of West Indian and South African cricket was was really thought provoking. Where you, you sort of talk about the rise of T Twenty around the world taking away from the Test game, and I think we're even seeing it here with players like Trent Bolt and Jimmy Neesham who have opted out of the central contracts in order to pursue T Twenty opportunities. And I'd argue. You, you know, Trent Bolt could have been the difference in, in a Pakistan uh, in those Pakistan tests. Uh, you had a line in there that said, "Cricket needs Test cricket, and Test cricket needs all teams to be competitive." Do you think that's actually possible? Do you think there's an ability to have both T Twenty cricket, where a lot of dollars and demand are, side by side with a with a competitive Test environment? It's it's not easy uh, to, to do that. I mean, as I mean, individuals are allowed to make their decisions about whether they'll make their money, and they've got to pay the mortgage, they've got to look after their families. There's, there's no doubt about that. But but nothing has changed really in the world of cricket since probably the 18th century, where you know professional cricket started. The, the pros have always had their their way. They they they're allowed to do what they they want to do. I mean, and actually, in my draft in my article, I did mention Nisha and Bolt because obviously Bolt's here in playing Big Bash in Australia. Colin de Grandheim's here playing as as well, and he might have been a useful all rounder at Karachi with some reverse swing and some cutters as well. Um, so it's happening to a lot of teams. Um, the better teams in World Cricket at the moment, so Australia, England, India, in particular. They're strong enough to have players play Test cricket. So someone like Stokes, who who would you know is a very good T Twenty player, is the captain of England's Test cricket, and that that's a tough decision to make because physically it's a very hard game for someone like him with bowls and and bats. So look, it's not easy, but it, it just requires the will the will of the administrators and uh, the will of the players, and 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 wills can be bent and shaped and and reformed and and. Uh, as, if, if Test cricket, I know Test cricket in New Zealand's probably had a bit of a resurgence, and you might be able to comment on that. But and you know, I love watching the Test in New Zealand, and a bit of that's back to, to 
you know, Brendan McCallum when he was the captain, the way, way they played their cricket. I think they've got a bit of depth there. They've got a standard. They, they win their home test matches. So it's, it's going pretty healthy there. Obviously, Australia, you know, test cricket's a part of the, the, the culture of the summer. Mm. And we had the, we had the big bash. And uh, the, the big challenge for Australia this year was that the T20 World Cup was in Australia. And it was a terrific T20 World Cup. There was, there was some some fascinating and and quite different T20 cricket played on some fast bouncy pitches, uh, and and it really did get the public's imagination. You saw the crowds for that, you know, they were just enormous crowds. And then they had to go into a normal summer, so there was a lot of cricket being played. Uh, but the big bash right now is getting crowds back after a bit of a lull, um, so people want to watch that T20 cricket, but. Now, everyone complains when it rains in Sydney for the test match because they're all watching it. And they, all, they all want the <laughs> test match to, to be on. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, a couple of countries are lucky they've got both, but it, it's, it's, it is the South African and the West Indies where they, they're very, very good players all go off and, and play around the world for their, their T20 cash. Uh, and West Indies cricket, and I did mention in the article, that, you know, there's a dissertation to be written on the fall of West Indies cricket. It's not just about... Um, T20. It's about a whole lot of other issues mm. that, that, that they need to address. And it's a pity because we know how strong they used to be. I mean, gee, the sides I played in the 80s were just you know, some of the best in, in the history of the game. Uh, but, but that's no longer the case. So yeah, T20's a part of it. Um, proper coaching and development's a part of it. You, you need to have that will to, to play multi-day cricket. We've got the Sheffield Shield, of course, which is still pretty strong. Um, we're trying now to get a seventh team into our Sheffield Shield because there's so many good players around. It, it's a multifaceted uh, problem, Sam, and it, and it needs a lot of care and attention. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, I guess I look at New Zealand, and, and we mentioned uh, Nisham and Bolt, and there definitely is a fear here, I think, amongst the New Zealand public. You mentioned our test team. We've only actually won, since the World Test Championship, we've only won two of our last 10 tests. And I know we've got a, a bit of an aging squad as well with guys like uh, Latham and Salvi and, and Williamson, etc. So there's a little bit of, I guess, hesitation that maybe we are going to end up where some of these other countries are, where our best players are deciding to, you know, not sign the central contracts, take the T20 money, and, and our our national team suffers as a result. We only have to look across the ditch to, I mean, you spent the best part of five minutes running through all the big names in the Australian test team, the depth that you guys have to be able to sport, you know, the best test team in the world, but also have a big bash competition, send guys to the IPL. Uh, you know, is, is, it a, is it just a depth thing? Is that, well, I guess, what some of these smaller countries might be missing? Oh, uh, definitely. Um, and obviously cricket's a, a major summer game in, in Australia. Our, our club system is really strong. Uh, you know, the grassroots are very important to it. And you know, Sydney Cogria, there's, there's 20, 20 teams in Premier Cricket, which is just the highest level, let alone all the other levels. And, and it's a very high standard because they're well, sorted, uh, well supported with facilities, you know, very good club grounds, resources are put into to coaching. Some of the, uh, the Australian Cricketers Association, the, the professional body that looks after players, they fund uh, players and coaches for Premier League Cricket. And to keep ex players in the game as you know, maybe playing a little bit longer at club level or, or coaching at club level. And all those things are really important to your strength and, and your depth. So which is terrific for Australia but, but everybody else is gonna gonna do it well. I'm not sure how club cricket, you know, feeds into the first class and the and the, the twenty over system in, in New Zealand. But once again we're really lucky in Australia that lots of people want to play. Mm. It's well supported at club level and therefore you produce that depth of cricket that, that tries to, to get into the next level.
Mm, absolutely. Just just before I let you go, um, Jeff, and really appreciate your, your time on the show today. Uh, I did mention uh, the Ashes uh, earlier on. That's coming up in, in sort of June, July. Uh, probably the next, I guess, major thing on, on the uh, cricketing calendar. What have you made of uh, the Bears ball revolution? And, uh, and do you think it's going to work against Australia? It's sort of worked well against sides that maybe aren't as strong. Do you think it'll work against Australia? Well, will we find out? I mean, it, can you imagine... Um, getting six and over off Cummins Hazelwood Stark, <laughs> particularly particularly if it's in England with a Duke ball, mm. which is likely to swing a bit. Yeah, I mean it, it's fine for uh, Royal Pindy on a road. It, it's actually a great way to play because you just get on with it, and you know the ball's not doing much. And I, I must say, as a, an ex-Pakistan coach, I was pretty disappointed with Pakistan's attack. Uh, they were missing their top top bowls all through injury, and I thought the attack was pretty mediocre. So it was a great recipe for England to to get after them and, you know, get 500 in a day. Uh, speaking as an ex-bowler, I'm, I'm, you know, absolutely soulless about someone getting 500 in a day. I mean, that, that's... Come on, please. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, look, and, and that's great. That's it's great to play that way, and you've got players, I mean, you know, Crawley and Brooke, uh, looking so good at the top of the order. Gee, they look like, like super players. Um, uh, whether that works against Australia, I don't think so, because the, the bowling is going to be really strong. It, the question for, for Baz is, is Kenny's team adapt yeah. when they play? And, and he's, he's, he said that too. People said, oh, will this work everywhere? He said, no, it won't work everywhere. And it works when you've got the right ingredients and you're playing the right opponent. So the England team will have to adapt. Now, Australia have got four tests in India, followed by the Ashes. So we are looking forward to test cricket so much with that series. Um, you know, nine and unbelievably good test matches coming up. Very different styles of cricket, most likely. Um, you know, perhaps spinning in India and then seeming in, in England um, against an England, a great Indian side and a great England side. So we're about to find out the, the test of, of test cricket, but I think, you know, it'll be be fabulous to watch uh, and we'll see some very, very interesting things and a great examination of all, all the cricketers playing there. So uh, I don't know what New Zealand have got coming up. We've got, it, we've got, we've got England uh, early Feb. So they're coming uh, here ah, for, okay. Eng- yeah. yeah, brilliant. And you see that, that'll, that should be a terrific series as well. Uh, and can New Zealand adapt to the style of cricket they played in Pakistan when they mm. played, played it very, very well. Let, let's face it. I was, you know, very impressed with them. You know, that that last day in Karachi, nine down and you know, doesn't the win. That's 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 brilliant cricket. So can they adapt back to their home conditions? So let's let's look at New Zealand and England first. Uh, but hopefully all of the New Zealand fans will turn up to the ground and watch that. Not just watch it on T V and listen to it on radio, but because that sounds like the next biggest series in world cricket, England, New Zealand in New Zealand. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic and having Bears home as well. I think uh, a few fans might be split a little bit on uh, on who they're going to be cheering for, depending on how the, uh, how the game pans out. Um, Jeff, really appreciate your time coming on. As I said, uh, loving your work in the Sydney Morning Herald as well, so I'll keep my eyes uh, peeled out for your next piece, mate. Thanks heaps for coming on this afternoon. Pleasure, mate.